Hello and welcome to episode three of Goths Do A Podcast. Our Goths for today are Bella, Catherine, Crystal and Emily. Today we're talking about the books that we've enjoyed reading recently and books that we would recommend and have loved and have reread. Um, I hope you enjoy. So this week we're talking about books. I think we're going to start with what we're currently reading. So does anyone have any good things that they have currently read or recently finished? Well, I um, recently finished. That's a really strong phrase, okay? <laughs> um, I have read the majority of um, a book, a little little known book from a little known author or two, uh, Good Omens. Surprise, surprise, anyone who's met me. <laughs> uh, Good Omens is a book written by Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman. Um, they've both written it together, which honestly I find just fascinating because I love Terry Pratchett's writing style and I also love Neil Gaiman's writing style and they match it together and honestly it's perfect. It is a lovely book about a, a demon and an angel who are the main characters in a book that has basically, the story has nothing to do with them, which I adore. The main story in Good Omens um, involves the Antichrist trying to end the world and they're, you know, trying to prevent the Antichrist from ending the world, except they pretty much have nothing to do with actually preventing anything they're kind of just along for the ride as everyone else who seems to actually <laughs> um fix things and honestly it's just really funny and i really like the characters they're really funny as well yeah it's um it's a good book it's got an awesome mini series which is what actually turned me on to it but uh i've watched that i finished that <laughs> i managed to complete that so uh yeah I've listened to Good Omens, the book, and I, I really enjoyed it, but I don't really read a lot of Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett, so it's, it was a new, like, um, ex exploration of that kind of writing style for me. Yeah, it, um, it really helped me find my own writing style as well. Uh, I really like the almost meta jokes in it. I think it's probably, you know, I love community as well, which is full of meta references. And um, I just really, really like that humour. So actually reading good omens after watching it and I've, I've listened to the audiobook i've got to the same point in the audiobook as i've read and same with the radio play as well there's lots of different versions um but yeah i actually i really enjoy the writing style um it's got this sort of ridiculous comedy to it which is kind of irreverent as well and i think being a very wordy person who's very into surreal and weird Honestly, it is right up my street. It's so funny and it's so good. It does sound like an amazing series. Like, and I did always mean to get more into reading Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman. Because um, I, I feel like a bad um, old kid. I, I don't read either of those. I don't read either of those authors. Like, I tried Neil Gaiman a while ago. I think I tried to read Anansi Boys. Mm. And I just could I just could not get into it. My friend kept saying, it's like, oh, but you're just about to get to the magic. You're just about to get to where the weird stuff starts happening. I was like, I'm 200 pages in. <laughs> when does it I happen? just be about to get to the magic. So yeah, I just I just never tried again. Um, Terry Pratchett, which is always too intimidating because there's so much of it to read. Yeah. I don't think you have to read everything. No, you, you don't apparently, because I'm very much one of those people that need to start at the beginning. I need to read the first book in a series, like his um, Discworld series for Terry Pratchett. I couldn't get into the first, first book, and I was like, don't worry, just ignore that particular character, because he's in these, like, main yeah. character in these books, but you can read these ones. And my brain just could not get my head around it. I was like, no, I need to read The Colour of Magic first, because that's the first book. That's actually, yeah, that's exactly what stopped me as well. The thing is, with the Discworld series is um Discworld is uh the um environment that's the world that they live in the yeah, Discworld yeah. is 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 where all the magic happens each book follows different characters at different chronological times doing different things they're not written in any particular order either um if you i think someone tried to break down the chronological order and it's completely different from the uh published order so yeah you can kind of read it in whatever order you want and sometimes uh -huh. you read a bit in one book and suddenly go oh hang on a minute that explains what happens in the other book oh, that's actually that. connected i know who that person is now <laughs> i love that oh, okay so it sounds amazing there's just so much of it yeah yeah i mean uh, yeah uh, i've got 
I've got quite a few of them that I inherited from my aunt. And um, I've I've read bits and bobs of them. Uh, again, I've watched the the shows. I watch Hogfather <laughs> and Color of Magic. They're really good and really funny. Um, and I think yeah, I ended up trying to do the same thing reading Color of Magic. And the problem is, it's the first book, and it's one. I I don't know if it's like one of his first ever published books, but he definitely takes a bit to get into the swing of Discworld. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll definitely give it a try. Mm, no, I highly recommend, highly recommend anything by Terry Pratchett. Uh, to be fair, with Neil Gaiman, I actually tend to prefer his graphic novels. Um, Sandman, for example, is really good, and they're coming out with a TV show with that um, soon. Um, and uh, um, what's the other one he did? Oh, he did uh, Lucifer, the TV show Lucifer. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, that was good. So the, uh, I don't know if he did the actual graphic novel. But um, the character Lucifer is from uh, Sandman. Oh, okay. And um, yeah, that's the TV show that um, with Tom Ellis in it. Yeah, it's. I think it's Tom Ellis. That's why in the spoilers, I guess, kind of. Uh, that's why in one episode of Lucifer, where God is speaking, it's uh, Neil Gaiman who is uh, narrating. Amazing. Actually, that leads quite nicely onto my one. Actually, if I find no moments, if I go next. Yeah. Um, just because you mentioned graphic novels. Um. So I, for people who don't know me, I studied English literature. I'm a big reader, like books. Weirdly enough, um, I've started getting back into comic books, which I used to read when I was a kid. And somebody I know was selling a bunch of his, and he was selling one that I was really into when I first read it. It really got me into the whole thing, which is the Civil War com- comic. If you've seen the movie, read read the comic. It's like a million times better. It's they said like it's one of the most ambitious crossovers. The comic has everybody. It's got the X-Men in it, it's got the Fantastic Four in it, it's got Doctor Strange, Spider-Man, um, Captain America, I like just everybody. And it's it's a lot more nuanced than they make it look in the movie. Like it's you, you might you find yourself really kind of arguing with yourself because you want to be on the side of like Captain America who's like pro superheroes regaining retaining their anonymity. But also if I'm pro gun control, how can I not be pro superpower control? It's the same thing. They have, they say, have the same ability to level entire buildings. It makes no sense that people are just walking around unchecked, able to do this. And you want to be on Captain America's side because he puts forward such a good argument. But it's a really good ass comic. So absolutely, mm. so good because nobody's wrong. Mm. Nobody is wrong. It's just nuanced. They are just they have two different points of view, and you find yourself like these are superheroes that I grew up with who are suddenly fighting each other and it's like oh my, it's like watching your parents go through a horrible divorce it was awful <laughs> but rereading it as an adult now i can really like it's so good like um i'm not going to give too much away so in the beginning some people are sort of superhero well not superheroes they just have powers they're filming like a reality tv show where they chase criminals like, you know shows like like cops and traffic mm. police mm. it's like that but with sort of quasi superheroes and there is a horrible horrible accident and a primary school gets destroyed. Ooh. Yeah, oh. which leads to the conversation of right. It how like, we can't really let stuff like that happen again. How are we going to stop that from happening again? Which leads to everybody coming at loggerheads. Absolutely, read it, read it, read it, read it, read it. <laughs> oh my gosh, read it. It's 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 not short. It's not short. Um, and it does it does the civil war from everybody's point of view. So <laughs> you're gonna be at it for a while, but it's worth it, you know. Yeah, because it's more of a series than just a single yeah, comic, isn't yeah. it? It's so good. Okay, I think that's going ha- to gonna have to go on my list, but my list is slowly getting longer you by the day, so um, <laughs> I will check back in you in about three years. You can borrow mine. Um, I also read uh, a Wolverine comic. I was obsessed with Wolverine when I was a kid. Every time we played a game, I was Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> and I kept trying to think of like I kept trying to think of like a girly version of the name Wolverine, even though Wolverine's pretty damn girly, actually. If you think about it, it's, it's quite a feminine name. <laughs> and yeah, I read one mm-hmm. of him. So it's called Enemy of the State, and he kind of gets taken over by mind control. Like he gets taken over by the enemies, and they're controlling his mind, and they're making him kill everyone. It is fantastic. You spend the entire comic inside Wolverine's head. Mm-hmm. I, it's okay. Oh, that that sounds pretty so interesting. Good. Um, so yeah, I'm back into comics now. Um, shout out to Dav, who sold me all his comics. I was surprised when I saw, like, because I saw you posting pictures of comics, and I was like, oh. But I love them. I absolutely love I didn't, them. I didn't um, know. So my dad used to collect them. So when I was growing up, they were just in the house. Yeah. Um, 
so he used to have like quite a big collection so i used to I grew up reading some of the like old ones so i'm looking right now at the spider-man annual from 1977 like that's that's in my room so it was just kind of always in the house and now i'm a grown-up i can get my own yeah sort of start my own stuff going yeah no i read i've always liked comics um but now i've i'm committing i'm gonna seriously start collecting them oh good luck <laughs> that's gonna be an expensive hobby <laughs> <laughs> It's a good job you're moving out because you're going to need a lot of shelves. Yeah, I've got my, yeah. I've got, kind of got my nerd altar on the top of a bookshelf. So I'm running out of space. Yeah, you're going to need a nerd room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like just a nerd. Because my dad was really into uh, comic books as well. He's properly into them. And um, so I, I, you know, I grew up with a bunch of them as well. But yeah, he literally had a room full of boxes of all of his comics, which were all in the plastic folders, and they all had, you know, some of the, I remember. Yeah, that. some of them were damaged, but they're the ones he got as a kid. And then um, once he got a bit older, he was like, "Actually, these are collectors' items. I'm going to keep these in mint condition." Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, he did sell most of them when he moved to New Zealand. So, um, and I didn't think to really say, "Actually, can I have, you know, <laughs> X, Y, and Z?" <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I love the Marvel comics. They're so good. So sometimes, you know, obviously there's a bit of a dating issue going on in uh, some of them. (laughs) But yeah, they are so good. They're so much fun as well. And to be fair, a lot of comic books are actually, as I say, obviously there's always sort of a bit of a dating issue, especially when it's, you know, from the 1960s or something. But comics are actually quite progressive. If if anything, the comics are actually more progressive than the movies are. Yeah, so back when when Black Panther was first published, this is a rumour I've heard, I don't, someone fact-checked me because I don't know if this is true. Apparently back when it was first Mm. published, the um, publishers came back and said, right, you need to include more white characters, otherwise it's not going to sell. So they did a bit where the KKK turn up. (sighs) Oh, oh, wow! Oh, I love that. Yes. Energy. Uh, uh, if, if if that's not true, can we just pretend it's true? <laughs> and like stuff like yeah. stuff like the X Men. Like, there's so many allegories you can bring bring to like civil rights movement, gay rights movement between mm. the X Men. They yeah. both want both sides want freedom for mutants. They just disagree on how to go about mm. it. Yeah. I love that. Um, Magneto and Professor X's Professor Xavier's friendship is. My my all time favorite dynamic. Yeah, no, I love them. <laughs> yeah, that that's so good. So yeah, that's what I've been reading. Um, because I just find it like my I don't know about you guys, but my lockdown brain got a bit mushy, and I find comics. Like, yeah. there's, so, there's so many. Yeah. Like, there's some images where I'll just sit and look at the page like, whoa, mm. and just sit and stare at it for a minute. It's so good. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what I've been into. The uh the the mushy lockdown brain is quite a nice segue into um me saying that I haven't really read any books this year, but I have gotten really, really into Audible. So like I, I tried Audible I wanna say last year and I just could not get into it. Like I was constantly getting distracted and would just realise that I hadn't been listening for like the last ten minutes and then I'd need to rewind it. But because I just don't seem to find the time to read books at the moment I've really had to like just force myself just like put it on while I'm like doing work or well like basically when I don't have tv on I'll be like okay put put an audiobook on and um that's that's been really good so the the book that I've just recently finished is called Midnight Library which I know Bella has also read as well I love that book it's such a good book I've read that too. Have you? Yeah, it was a really good book. It was so good. It's really good. He's it's spent twenty so far twenty weeks at the it top of the brilliant. New York Best Time seller list. It's, it's Matt Hay shared that the other yeah. He has like such a way of writing, I think, where it just kind of keeps you hooked. Like the whole way through. Mm-hmm. Like obviously I won't say too much so as not to spoil it because it's very much a book where it kind of unravels as it goes. But like the whole way through, you keep kind of thinking that you can guess the ending, but hoping it will go the way you want it to go. So the whole way through, I was like, I really hope it's going to end like this, but I really have no idea it could end like this, this or this. That's the sign of a good book, to be fair, if they actually can keep you guessing, because it's so easy to be able to guess endings these days, especially with all the tropes. I love a good trope. Yeah, I just... I hate them, but I love them. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. When done right, a trope is so fucking good. But yeah, yeah, I lo- I love this book so much. So I've read some of Matt Haig's stuff before because mm. he's done Reasons to Stay Alive, which is a men- memoirs about his depression and yeah. all of that. 
So I've read more, some of more of his nonfiction stuff. Um, and then um, this came out and it sounded really good because I follow him on Instagram for his mental health stuff. So I was like, oh, I'll pre-order it while I was pre-ordering like three other books. <laughs> um, I, and I read it nearly as soon as I got it and it was so good. And I, mm-hmm. if you also, I feel like you feel like you connect with the character, which yeah. I always find is I enjoy a book more when I feel either connected or feel something for that character. Yeah. Yeah, he has such a way of writing that's just like so relatable. And I think the like the because obviously he wrote like Reasons to Stay Alive and the kind of like more like non-fiction stuff. I've never really read any of his fiction stuff. So I was very much like didn't know like how it was gonna go. But I think he writes fiction so well and he mm. manages to get like the mental health aspects across. Just just it's just so well done. Yeah, I actually thought it was a non-fiction book. I thought it was actually just him talking about his mental health. I didn't actually realise it was a fiction book because I've got it on Audible, yeah, yeah. but I haven't actually listened to it yet. Oh, yeah, it's just so good. I, I, another another one of his I want to read, which I haven't got round to yet, but some of it's because I feel like I should read it near Christmas because it's A Boy Called Christmas. Yeah. Um, and apparently that idea came from his son asking what Santa Claus was like Aww. when he was um, a boy. Oh. <laughs> And it's also going to be a Netflix film this year. So I think closer to when it comes out, I might give it a read. Because ah. apparently it's really good. Yeah, maybe wait until it's closer to the film. Um, have, you, have you read The Humans? No, I haven't. It's on my list. <laughs> my list um, have you long. read it? <laughs> no, I haven't. It's, it's, I've got it. I've started it. Um, yeah, but you, you are right, though, in what you said. Like, his, his writing style is really, like, it flows really well. I've finished his other book in an afternoon. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was so easy to get through. Mm, absolutely, I might actually be able to finish one of them then. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, yeah. Crystal, you know I'm the slowest reader in the universe because of my dyslexia, and I think I read that in two days. The Midnight Library, I read it. In two I mean, days. yeah, with the ADHD, I either never finish the book or I read it in an hour. <laughs> there is no in between. <laughs> <It's brilliant. laughs> I think, like, as much as I really love Good Omens, I really get into it. For some reason, there's just like I uh, a block once they get to the airfield that I just go, right, okay, book's done. <laughs> like in my head, I'm just like, right, book's done. I'm gonna go do something else now. You're not that far from the end either. I know it's like right there. There's like two more scenes for me to like two more chapters or something for me to read, and um, <laughs> maybe it's because I just don't want it to end. I think it might be that. <laughs> Yeah, I've done yeah. that with an audiobook. I was re- I was listening to Eve of Man and Evolution, I think the second one's called. I haven't finished the last 45 minutes of Evolution because the third one's not out and I don't want to. Yeah. I I cuz so much has gone on. They haven't written the third one yet. I'm like, but 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 but, but. oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was um I was telling Crystal about those those books today because I've just started Evolution. Mm. And yes. I'm like, I already just can't stop listening to it. And I f- kind of forgot how good I found the first book. Like, I, They also I, use the same people on the audiobooks. If you listen yeah. to the first one and the second one, it's the same narrators yeah. as well, which is so good. And I love that they use different people. So because I've, I've started getting through so many audiobooks, I find it's very hit and miss with who they do the voices, like who they get to do the voices. But the fact that they use like different people for different characters, I find it really easy to kind of keep up with. Mm. So like there's a lady that does Eve's voice and then they have different guys who do the different guy voices and it's so good. Yeah, I do find that's kind of weird because the Good Omens audiobook is just the one guy narrating and just using a different you know, voice for all the different yeah. characters. And as someone who's only half paying attention, all the voices sound the same to me. <laughs> and I can't quite, like, figure out who's talking yeah. sometimes. So, yeah, I really, I much prefer um, uh, the audible, uh, oh, sorry, audiobooks, where everyone's, you know, th- there's actual voice acting, like voice actors mm-hmm. um, coming in. Although I will say that um, the Harry Potter audiobooks are where i make an exception yeah fair enough agreed <laughs> yeah Stephen fry's is just where Can't we draw wrong, the yeah. exception to the rule the voices that he does honestly when when he does like the female voices and he does all the accents it's, it's just something else. Stephen fry is a national treasure though and we should protect him at all costs yeah yeah <laughs> They've left me till last because I 10 minute timer on now. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, I'm going to start with the book I'm reading now, and then I'll go on to the ones that I finished and I'm still obsessed with, which is why it's taken me so long to finish this book. I like so, how your voice has already yeah. sped up. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so currently I'm reading a twisted tale called Unhappy Birthday, and it's the twisted tale of the second Alice in Wonderland, so it's through the looking glass. And it's actually really good because people keep saying, oh, if it's taking you so long to read it, just like give up and start something else. I was like, no, the problem isn't the book. The problem is I'm stuck in a different universe and my brain's not ready to move on yet. <laughs> so the, the twisted tale is um, what if Alice was really, really, really late? Um, so basically what happened if Alice never went back to Wonderland on time and the uh, Queen of Hearts was allowed to continue basically rampaging through wonderland and it's actually really good it's a really interesting take on that um tale um i've got probably uh, i think i'm 70 percent way through the book because i'm using goodreads to track how far through the book mm -hmm. i am um and it's really good and i think in the next week i probably will have finished it because um yeah but i was hoping i would have finished it by now so i could talk about a different book co called shadow and bone which would be a next split series because it sounds really good so there's magic and dragons and yes. all the things i love in a book um so but i haven't started reading that yet so i can't really <laughs> say I have much heard more the netflix show is very good though yeah the trailer looks amazing um and one of the girls at work who loves fantasy books and she she's a really avid reader she i've got a list in my phone of books she's recommended for me <laughs> but and this was one that she recommended so i got my sister to get it for me for my birthday so that's the next one i'm gonna read now the reason why crystal said a 10 minute timer as you can here is because i read a book series called the raven cycle in february and as i've already mentioned i am a really slow reader i read four books in three weeks and the only reason why it took so long is because i ordered the second one and not the third and fourth one so then i had to wait for the third and fourth one to be delivered as well because <laughs> you know why, why would i order all of them at the same time that just seems silly <laughs> <laughs> yeah who does that <laughs> yeah who does that um and it's a young adult series um, that is, uh, it, the outline does sound re really strange. Basically, this group of boys who go to a private school start looking for a dead Welsh king in the West Virginia. Because where else would you look for a dead Welsh king? It makes perfect sense <laughs> yeah. to me. It makes perfect sense. But there's lot, I sent the blurb to someone. It's basically, there's, uh, there is a lot of um, magic and stuff involved. So they meet a girl who's... Um, her family psychic but she's not psychic but they don't know why she's not psychic and that comes into the story later on and it's just uh re it's really nicely fleshed out world and like crystal said um with terry or was it emily i don't know about terry Tr pratchett where you read the books and you go oh that makes so much sense because that was mentioned in this book that happens in these as well um like things happen in the first book and then you're reading the second book and you're Oh, that's why that does that. Oh, that makes so much more sense now. It's really good for readability, uh, re-readability rather, where you can read a book and then once you've read the rest of the context, you come back to that same book and it's a completely different book. Yeah. I'm going to read the synopsis for the first one because I, I don't want to give too much away because um, there's, I think if you read it more blind, so basically I've ruined it because already. <laughs> <laughs> um because she sees me an awful lot more than the rest of you. Um, I just feel, yeah, it just, it's nice discovering that world with them because they discover things on their way and it's really good, uh, really nice. Um, mm. So the blurb for the first one is, um, it, uh, Blue hasn't been... Do you want me to read it out? Because I've got the book right in front of me. Oh yeah, read it out. Because <laughs> I've written it to someone, but I misspelled a word already. Right, so this is The Raven Boys by Maggie Starvar... I'm not even going to try and pronounce that. <laughs> Even if Blue hadn't been told her true love would die if she kissed him, she would stay away from boys, especially the ones from the local private school. Known as Raven Boys, they only mean trouble. But this is the year that everything will change for Blue. This is the year that she will be drawn into the strange and sinister world of the Raven Boys, and the year Blue will discover that magic does exist. This is the year she will fall in love. Yeah, it's just... I... It, that probably doesn't sell it very well but i just really loved it i picked the thing is i even remember when i brought this book brought it over four years ago and when we moved to this flat i was like i have loads of books i've not read so i'm going to try and read read them so i read, brought the first one like four years ago in waterstones in uxbridge and um yeah and then i read all four of them in like three weeks which for me is really quick 
And I'm, I'm now, instead of reading Unhappy Birthday, I'm reading an alternate amount of uh, fan fiction about the characters because I'm just in love. <laughs> so I just, I just fell in love with these characters in this book. And uh, yeah, I just, I'm not ready to leave them yet. <laughs> I can tell considering the amount of fan fiction you send me. <laughs> no, the amount of fan fiction I've read, according to my iPad last week, I spent four hours a day on um, fan fiction. I don't, uh, I, even if I exercised every day, that's 40 minutes of using my iPad for exercise. So let's say an hour when I use it for recipes. We'll be two. on the phone. That's so like three hours We'll be day. on the phone chatting away. And then Bella will just suddenly be like, oh, there's a new fan fiction thing I haven't read yet. And I'm like, what am I? Like, <laughs> you know, I'm just sat here trying to defense. talk to In you. my absolute defence, <laughs> one, you introduced me back to fan fiction, so your problem. And two, usually we've been on the phone for 45 minutes before I do I'm this. Needy, okay? Oh, don't I know it? I mean, the reason I in- <laughs> the reason I introduced you to fan fiction is because Good Omens got me back into fan fiction. <laughs> I've never, never read any fan fiction. Like. Don't, don't start. <laughs> it's addictive. It's no. a problem. It is addictive. Once you're um, in, you don't leave. And you, it's, I, I find factions of fan fiction, you also get like a nice range of people making their own universes. Like some of the stories I've read, if they could, if they were good at building a backstory, because obviously I don't know these people from building like raw characters. Um, but some of the ideas of these alternate universes with these characters, you're like, this would make a really good book. But obviously you need to be able to build the backstory on the characters to do it. Whereas when you write fan fiction, you're like, I will just take these two characters and plot them over here. Everybody already knows their backstory. Off I go. I mean, <laughs> Fifty Shades of Grey, fan fiction of Twilight. Oh, yeah. It can be done. You can make millions. <sighs> and you can enrage an entire subculture. <laughs> so the next thing we were going to talk about, if nobody else has anything to ask me about Raven's Cycle. Um... <laughs> <laughs> we've hit that 10 minutes, so... <laughs> Um, each person to talk about a book series or um, book, or just a book that they would recommend to people to read. And I swear I've got a different book. I mean, Harry Potter seems all right if you, you know, ignore everything. Death of the Artist. <laughs> Death of the Artist. Uh, to be fair, actually, the book that always comes to mind when anyone asks me about um, a book is um, so much to tell you and I've forgotten what the author's name is and I did not do any prep for this whatsoever but um, it's by a uh, male Australian author uh, but it follows a young girl who is John Madison thank you who (laughs) so much to tell you by John Madison uh, who is selectively mute and uh the story is told through diary entries, and I love that in a book. I love that. Um, and I, I, I really like the way it's because it's told entirely from one character's point of view. So you actually have no idea of the intentions yeah. of any of the other characters. And and I love unreliable Same. narrator. Same. I love that. Like I love that when you have to like pick it apart and like I love when you have to do a deep dive. Yeah. Like because like, I read something where a woman was like, "Oh, these, yeah. these ruffians came over and they were holding their caps in their hands." And you read it again, it's like they came over with their caps in their hands because they were being polite, like that kind of stuff like that. Yeah. Um. So good. Yeah. No, I love that. But um, yeah, so you base uh, because of some trauma she's gone through. She's given this. Um, she's at a boarding school, and she needs to uh, as her. Oh, I think it's an English project is to have a diary. So this follows her at school, and um, some of the diary entries are just quite. You know, it's a girl at high school sort of thing. Um, just general day to day stuff, and then. As you get into it, you get more into her state of mind. You release a little bit more. You find out a little bit more about the things she's been through, her family dynamic. And honestly, the ending makes me cry every fucking time. Oh, my God. I'm getting shaky about it now. (laughs) Uh, it's, It's so good. It's a very... I don't know if it's a short book, but I read it in a night, so... Um, <laughs> that can mean it's a short book, or it can mean that I really, really liked it. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> you're an unreliable, you're an unreliable ADD yeah. writer. <laughs> Yay! Uh, but yeah, that is. Um, unfortunately, I don't seem to own it anymore. I have a feeling I uh, gave it to someone to read, and I've forgotten who that was. So um, I'm going to have to get it again. Um, 
but yeah, that is, it was very, um, when I read it, I was a teenager myself. In fact, I think I was a similar age to the girl in the, um, the, the main character and her talking about trauma and depression. Um, it really spoke to me on a whole other level. And, uh, yeah, I, I related to a lot of bits and, uh, yeah, it's, it's just, it's a book and a story very close to my heart. I think, I mean, I haven't been through mm. half the shit that she'd been through. Like, yeah, <laughs> uh, I have no idea about, about that sort of thing, but yeah, I highly recommend that to anyone who needs a good cry, but also just wants a sort of quick. I book love a book like that when you're sitting reading it, it's like, this is loud. You're being loud <laughs> today. Um, I'm going to need you to stop calling yeah. me out actually um thanks that's what i say to you guys Stop <laughs> so i have as i said i've got a different book series to recommend and i love this author i've read his uh, some of his other stuff as well i've he he's got other bits in my pile of books in my house that i need to read it's an author called chris wooding absolutely love him he does um quite a lot of fantasy steampunky stuff it's all like like one of the other ones I read of his was on another planet that has two suns and the suns are poisonous. So they all live underground and it was really good. Um, that doesn't even explain the story. But so the, <laughs> the book series that I would recommend is a uh, book series called The Ketty J Tales. Um, and the first one's called uh, Reparation Falls. And it's basically it's steampunk airships meets fireflies, how I describe it to people, because it's a follows a captain of the Ketty J and he leads a small a small crew of um, highly dysfunctional band, a band of layabouts is how it's described um, and it basically follows his um, follow their story because they pick up a new engineer who has a secret because obviously there's always a mysterious secret um, and it basically follows their story and there's four books and I just I just loved it so much because it again it makes you feel for the characters and because you get some bits from the captain's point of view, you get some points from this engineer's point of view, so you can see how she's struggling with how she's trying to fit in with this new group of people. And um, while they do some slightly illegal stuff <laughs> and fly, fly across this world, and it's just, I just loved it so much. And it's like air pirates. And I guess it's a bit of Final Fantasy as nine because they've got airships in Final Fantasy nine as well. But yeah, I just loved it so much, and it was a really good book, and it's really steampunky. And I just honestly, you say you again, say steampunk, I... you say firefly. <laughs> yeah, it, I, I again like with your your book you've just talked about, Chris. Um, I lent it to someone, the first book, cannot remember <laughs> who it is. So I, I I need to get it again because I re like my plan for this year because at the beginning of the year I was reading so quickly was to hit my target on um, Goodreads and then reread some books that I'm always like but I've got all of these other books to read why am I rereading things um, but yeah to go back and reread some of the books that I love like um, the Katie J Tales or the same author as uh, of the Raven Cycle did another series I read as a teenager that I quite enjoyed and I was like oh I could reread that again as well. Um, so, but I'm um, because I'm stuck in fan fiction land. That may not happen, but I I think I'm going to start trying to reread some things anyway this year because it doesn't matter yeah. if I read 15 new books or not. But yeah, that would be my recommendation, Ketty J Tales. Okay, um, I'm going to jump in. Uh, something I would recommend. What would I recommend actually? I read I read bits and pieces. Um, I've just started Rivers of London which came <laughs> it's so good oh my god i'm so sorry oh my god it's so good <laughs> really highly recommended by a lot of people it's good it is good um yeah i have been told it needs to make it on the list yeah the main the main character yeah. he's like because it's london like i for people who don't know me i was born and raised in london um i'm uh, pretty emotionally attached to the place so it's nice to see them talk about places that i know and they'll mention streets that i know i walk down and areas that I've been to but they make it different like it, it's London but not as I know it it's kind of magical so basically um the main character is a police is about to become a police officer is about to fully qualify whatever and he's recruited by basically the magical division <laughs> who deal with the monsters and the witches and the extraordinary stuff and it's the, the main character kind of accepts that in the same way that you would kind of oh i'm seeing this entirely brand new stuff i can never tell anyone because they will think i'm insane but he tells his girlfriend so that's fine and it's it's a nice juxtaposition between 
the really mundane, the everyday. So there's like a murder and the Metropolitan Police are investigating it next to the completely magical and there's goddesses and there's monsters and there's witches and it's really good. I, it's so just good. such a good series. I've read I've read up to do, 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 The Furthest Station, so I'm not totally up to date. I did drop off, but as I said, I've suddenly forgotten how to read. But I actually, I met the author. Um, I went to, um, he did a book signing at a Waterstones near where I was living at the time. And so I met him. He wasn't, uh, <laughs> he was just like, is your real name Crystal? I'm like, yes, yes it is. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. I think you would work <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I have a signed copy of the further station that I'm way too proud of. But yeah, I, like you said, it, it, because it's set in London, and when I first started reading it, I was working mm. in London. Uh, it was really, really cool being able to picture exactly the place that he was talking about because I've been there. <laughs> you know, I've seen that, and the the way all of the magic is rooted in realism. Yeah, he's got so much paperwork to do as a police person, um, but also, you know, the paperwork he's doing is saying, yeah, so I saw a ghost today, and uh, I think the ghost made the crime happen. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's I, I just love the juxtaposition of the really weird magical stuff and the bureaucracy of the police department. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so good. Just read it, people. Read it. Yeah. Or don't read it. Do what you like. I'm like your mum. <laughs> I am, read it. It's a free country. <laughs> You're not the real one. <laughs> okay, so my recommendation. I'm I'm going to recommend an author, not a particular book, purely because I think all of her books are equally as good. Um, but my recommendation would be any of the books that Sarah Knight has written. I know, like, I've read a few and I've given some of them to a few of you guys, so I, I know that you'll maybe have read them. Yeah. Um, but she's the uh, lady who wrote the life-changing magic mm. of not giving a fuck. And I I mean, that's a good place to start, but I think all of her books are good. But they're basically like uh, kind of easy to read, like kind of conversationally style books where she basically just like instills confidence in you in like being your best self and like not not worrying about what other people think, not overthinking things too much. And I think, especially at a time where like, you know, like people have been like stuck at home for a year and might not really like be too sure kind of who they are or like things might have changed like in lockdown. I think it's, it's a good, it's a good choice of book to have a read and think like, yeah, I can do this. I can start this thing that I've always wanted to do. Like, the way she writes, like every time I like reread one of her books, like I just get like the biggest like life mm. confidence boost. Yeah, you good. actually gave, you gave me one of her yeah. books. You gave me um, get your shit together. Mm. Like I've I've taken things out of that that I, I genuinely yes. like carry forward in my everyday. Like so, I work in an advisory role, so for people who don't know me, and actually some of the stuff I've taken from that book I use when I'm advising other people. Like I, yeah, I use it in my advice, specifically mm. the learning to single task. You know, everyone's always like, yeah, multitask, do everything at once. Yes. You can't. You cannot finish what you're working on and then start something else. And that's kind of what I say to my students. It's like, don't, don't come at me with you've got a million things on at once. Sit, focus on what you need to focus on, and then we'll go on to task two. Oh, I said that to my um, therapist the other day. At the moment, I had this really bad thing where I want to do everything at once. So I want to be editing a uh, podcast too. I want to be writing my fan fiction. I'll be reading fan fiction. I'll be playing the piano all at the same time. Physically impossible. I need to pick one, do that one task, and then I can do the next one. Because I do not have that many hands mm. for a start. <laughs> yeah, so um, I, of, of you, Emily, I got um, the... Uh, like, uh, what was the title again? Life changing magic of not giving a fuck. And yes. I think I have another one to give yes, you as well. Yes, I? actually, I think um, I vaguely remember that conversation. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've this is me. Um, I've read part of it, but what I have read just I the reason I stopped reading because it was just as we were saying before, it was really loud, and I needed to just <laughs> stop and reflect on what she said because it was yeah. so relatable and. The way she talks, it does. It sounds like your mate. You're having a conversation with your mate, and um, it's 
you know, she's not trying to give you any unrealistic expectations. Um, she's not trying to hype you up in a in a sort of ridiculous sense. Like it's not a um, mm -hmm. uh, it's not a you know life coach type thing. Um, I don't really know what I'm saying there. Um, self help. It, I mean, it, it is self help, but it, it it's, yeah, it's not like this. Yeah, you could do this. You got this. Yeah, it's not really over enthusiastic. Yeah. It's like, look, okay, let's be realistic here. What do you actually, mm -hmm. you know, what are you trying to achieve? Let's figure this out. And um, yeah, no, I really, really like that. And um, <laughs> one day I will finish it. Uh, but yeah, that's, yeah, that's anytime I see Sarah Knight, I'm like, I'm on it. It. I don't even know what the, <laughs> the title is. Sarah Knight, I'm on it. You guys, have any of you guys read any Patrick Ness? No. I don't think so. No. Really good. Really good. Okay, so he did, um, he did a couple that I really like. So one of them was The Rest of Us Just Live Here. So we're in this story where like all these all these awful things are happening to the main characters and like, it's magical and being kidnapped and being killed. It's written from the point of view of the side characters. They're just like, I really hope the main characters don't blow up Ooh. the school this year. I haven't taken an exam in three years. I have no qualifications. Like, I really, I really <laughs> just want to finish the school year. It is so creative. It is so entertaining because occasionally the chapter will start and you'll get like a couple of pages of this young adult dystopian novel and then you'll go back to the point of view of the side characters going well that was a weird event yesterday okay <laughs> <laughs> that sounds actually yeah. really good like what the mm. fuck happened yesterday why is harry potter not expelled if i did that like, i'd be expelled. what do you mean i'm not taking my notes i haven't had i need qualifications <laughs> and there's another one he did called more than this which has similar energy to midnight libraries and i literally cannot say anything about it oh. because everything is a spoiler like everything is a spoiler. However you think it's going to turn out, it, you're wrong. You're just wrong. Wherever you think you've got a hold of the plot, you are wrong. Um, but what I will say is it starts with the main character attempting to take his own life. Okay. But he's the main character and that's how it starts. So he's clearly not successful. So trigger warning for anyone who threw that. <laughs> and it's just uh, more than this. And the rest of us just live here. It's so entertaining. Like I've never seen, no one's ever done that before where like this whole dystopian young adult novel is going on and the side characters are like, yeah, I just really want to pass this year. I really just want to keep my part-time job. Like, it's so good. Like, it's so funny. Read it. It's so yeah, fantastic. Oh, add it to the list. Yeah, I, I do like books where, um, I mean, as this, that's kind of like the what I liked about Good Omens is they're not actually the main characters. Um, the Angel and the Demon, Crowley and Aziraphale, they are... Uh, you know they're the point of views that we follow for most of the book but um yeah they're not the main characters at all they they do nothing to prevent anything they do nothing in fact if anything they just cause more problems <laughs> well they lost the antichrist of course they lost cause more problems <laughs> <laughs> to be fair it wasn't their fault it was the satanic nun's fault <laughs> isn't it always though isn't it always they did nothing wrong the I think part of the reason why, like the books I've recommended, like The Raven Side and Ketter Jay, I love so much is because they've got rich backstories on the characters. Like all of them, okay, in the Raven Cycles, they're all fucking like really sad, and you're kind of like, these guys are seventeen. Why have all this shit happened to these people already? But they've got really rich backstories, and they build on that. And it's the same with Ketter Jay. All of the characters have their own where they come from, and then why they've decided to join this um, ba a band of people in the ship and work together and be a family together they've all got really rich backstories separately as well which then obviously builds on the story and how they all react to different situations and stuff and i think i really love that in a book where you can like get a good feel for the character because they've got a good backstory and emotive language because i'm pretty sure in both of those books there's at least one character i've wanted to wrap in a blanket Aww. and give them a cup of tea and say it's all going to be okay even if it's not going to be okay i just want to say it's going to be fine. okay <laughs> i think that's um is quite important to actually have three-dimensional characters um books tv mm. shows any of those like you get so many characters yeah. that just exist for a narrative purpose uh, if you have to create a character in order for the plot to continue then maybe rethink what you're doing with your plot <laughs> mm. i just yeah because i think like i read another set of books that are set in space and i loved the first two but the last one it was from so many different pe people's point of view about a tragic event that happened that i didn't feel like i had enough time to connect with any of the characters 
because you would do one chapter, say, from a 90-year-old's perspective, and then you'll do the next chapter from, like, a single mum's perspective and then, like, go round. Um, mm-hmm. And it just didn't feel like I had enough chance to connect with the characters at the same way I did in the other books. Because even though the other books still did point of views per chapter, it was between, like, one or two points of view. It wasn't, like, a group of five or six people. So over the 400 pages, you had enough of each character to connect with Honestly, them. Honestly, that, that is something that puts me off books, is when you have too many main characters. I can't keep up. They all look the same to me. They all sound the same to me. I, yeah. That's the reason, <laughs> that's the reason I could never finish reading Lord of the Rings, because the first book, I was just like, what is going on? Oh, God. What is happening? <laughs> Kat, that's not the only reason. I was talking to a guy at work about this. And he said he was reading, I can't remember if it was the first one or the second one, on holiday. And he literally finished reading, like, two or three pages. And then he went, did he literally just spend two pages describing a tree? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Two pages describing a tree. Yes. J.K. Tolkien makes a wonderful, colourful world. And if you're ever able to ring Lord of the Rings and enjoy it, good for you. But he is very, very, very wordy. He loves his descriptive words. He created a whole other language just for this book or this book series. It, his mind was wonderful and amazing but i'm afraid it's just too much for me yeah <laughs> I have a bad word said about any of those books <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean when i first tried to read uh lord of the rings uh i'm i lasted about three pages i was like i can't do this we've already burst into song eight times i can't do this <laughs> and you know, when i've sort of mentioned it to other people they're like yeah it doesn't get better but you should read it anyway <laughs> i don't understand like my aunt used to read the entire Lord of the Rings, Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, every year. Like, she would just read both of them every year. And I'm like, it takes me a year to get past a page on that on that series. But the more you read them, the more you remember all of the names. It gets easier when you reread it, because you're like, oh, yeah, that person. Yeah. yeah, it took me a year to read the first one. Obviously, it wasn't a continuous read. Mm. Um and then th- this is probably now why I've got the habit of having more than one book on the go because I, it was so heavy for me, Lord of the Rings, that I would be reading another book kind of by the side. So I'd read for, say, two weeks, Lord of the Rings, and be like, yeah, I've had enough of that now, so I'm going to go read this other thing now because otherwise I would never read anything else. And then the same with the second one. It took me about a year, and then I tried to read the third one. And I have, I even tried to listen to the audiobook. I think it's the narrator, though, on the audiobook. He's a bit softly spoken and boring <laughs> um and i yeah i still never finished the, it, the return of the king but i love the films i love the universe they just the work the books are just so wordy yeah i can watch i watch the movies like around christmas you know new year's time um every year like i mean i watch the lord of the rings more than once a year that's <laughs> i watch them constantly especially the third one um to be fair i haven't actually tried to read lord of the rings since i've watched lord of the rings to the point that i actually understand what's happening um so maybe i should give it another go you know if i've got six months to spend reading a book read the raven cycle first. oh my god <laughs> <laughs> to be fair it is it looks much much smaller than my copy of lord of the rings that i can see <laughs> And it's young adults, so it's easy to read. I will shut up now about Raven Cycle, I swear. <laughs> no, you won't. Okay, so that's all the books that we would recommend. So Emily would recommend Lord of the Rings as well as her Sarah Knight. <laughs> I would always recommend Lord of the Rings. Uh, I, I still want to read The Hobbit because I've still never tried to read The Hobbit and apparently it's a bit less descriptive and wordy. So that yeah. is on my list to read this year. The Hobbit is technically a children's yeah. book, so it yeah. is easier to read from my understanding he wrote the hobbit based on the tales he used to tell his kids like you know bedtime stories and then went actually this is a really like cool little world i'm building and then this um lord of the rings sort of grew from that because he he kept kind of with backstories for things and was like actually you know that ring is pretty cool let's let's do some cool stuff with it there's you know Probably a bit more. I I would recommend the Silmarillion, but I don't think you will want to read that if you can't read the the Lord of the Rings. Books. So the Silmarillion, I I own it. Is it written like a non-fiction book, or is it is is it stories? It's just very descriptive. <laughs> it's basically like setting the scene of the world, right? So there's there's whole chapters just on like say a Balrog. Or like just on a location. It's yeah. So it's it's just it's very 
if if there was a non-fiction book in Lord of the Rings, it would probably be that. It might be easier for me to read the Silmarillion first then, because non-fiction books I can usually get into quite easily. Um, Give it a go. Let's see what happens. <laughs> so are there any other books that you're all dying to tell our um, podcast listeners um, about? The Complete yeah. Works of Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. I don't, I don't really feel like I need to explain that one. No. Fun story. Um, mm-hmm. so when I was in sixth form, I went to I went to my local pub and had a drink. And I, oh, God, that's an old school notion. I had a, um, and I popped into the toilets and a woman said to me, hey, do you work here? I was like, no, cool. I'm trying to make some money. And she pulled out a bag and she had like a bunch of things that she had clearly stolen. Um, so in that night, I got a f- pair of false eyelashes for my sixth form leaving do. And the complete works of Edgar Allan Poe from this lady. I paid less than a tenner for both of them together. And that is how I started getting into Edgar Allan Poe. I was sold to <laughs> by a lady in the toilets. I had to, you know, pay real money for my copy. I feel ripped off I'm now. the main character. Yeah, I'm the main character. True. These things True. happen. Uh, and we're all just sat here going, how dare we pay real money for our books instead of getting them off some random It was clearly just like funding a drug habit, but hey. The only other book series I probably would recommend is Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Douglas Adam. Oh, those were good. They're so funny. Um, and just, to be fair, I, again, I'm really into my weird and surreal shit. And it's pretty, it's like sci fi weird surreal shit. Um, my first introduction was actually the BBC miniseries, which came out a wee while ago. Um, and uh, then I found the book in my school library back in school times. And I actually managed to read a whole book and I remember most of it you know I actually paid attention to it so you know <laughs> that says a lot for the type of book it is um yeah no I really that my only comment there is that originally the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy was a trilogy in five parts but now you can buy all five parts of as yeah that's why I have <laughs> it, was a, it was a trilogy in five parts in five parts this is that that just shows you the weird surrealism around the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy because dad's got the five separate books it's five separate um, it's five separate books but it's a trilogy when he when he originally like came out with the first one um and uh so there's a hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy the restaurant at the end of the universe and the life universe and everything and he's like cool right cool done Three trilogy done. Cool. Hang on a minute. No, I've got a lot more ideas. So now there's also so long and thanks for all the fish and mostly harmless. Yeah. So it's a, a trilogy and five. I'm parts. um I'm not sure. I think I think they were all that. Uh, there was one book that came out posthumously, but I don't think that was Hitchhikers. I think that was Dirt Gently. Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, I, I tried. To, I tried to watch Dirt Gently. It um it requires way too much brain power i loved it yeah it's very oh. my partner really loved it um i did not i've got like tv shows which will pro- probably be a different kind of podcast and um, my list is even longer than books because at the moment i am physically incapable of watching something new so i'm re-watching scrubs for the billionth time because i just can't seem to get into a new tv show at the moment i feel like that's a whole other <laughs> that's a whole other podcast um the only other book that I would be dying to tell someone about is Neverwhere by Neil Gaiman because mum gave that to me and I was like, oh, I'm not sure. I've never really read Neil Gaiman apart from um, Good Omens and I loved it. It's weird. It's wonderful. It's magic in London. It's just, it's, yeah, it sounds like the city, city of London stuff. You're like, you got stuff above ground, but then you're underground. It's, yeah, it was really yeah, good. recommended to me a lot. I haven't actually got around to reading it um, yet. Oh, and Shadowhunters, but that's always um, take your pick with that one because it's you have to be the right kind of person to go into that magical world and follow their weird storyline. What do you mean? Um, there's a few things um, in the plot that you always go, you definitely are 16 because you're just being real oh, dumb. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, like, why would you believe what the bad guy's telling you? <laughs> yeah, I, that, that's yeah, kind yeah. Of a, that, that is a trope that annoys me, whether your yeah, characters are stupid for the sake of plot purposes. That. Yeah, it's like the bad guy tells them something and they just believe the bad yeah. guy. I'm like, why are you just believing the bad guy? He's a bad guy. Yeah. 
Um, but I really love those books and I'm really really I'm listening to them on audible at the moment because post night audiobooks keep me awake where apparently I can ignore music and that is how you crash on the M40 (laughs) I've actually started reading like a um I I feel like it's kind of pseudo-psychology on it's not pseudo-psychology it's a thing about generational trauma uh it's called it Hmm. didn't start with you and it's kind of like letting go of stuff that you've inherited oh that sounds good yeah it's actually really good it's really good um it's some of it's some of it's a bit like, oh, it's like in the mountains, talking to the monks. And I was like, da-da-da-da. Some of it's a bit kind of hippy-dippy, which is not me. Um, but it's rooted in sound psychology. Like, generational trauma is a thing. If you think back to, like, the Bible, as you do, um, and they do the... Do you remember they did the whole, oh, the sins of the father will be passed down, and that's why your kids are having a terrible time? Yeah. That, to me, says that it's one of the first understandings of generational trauma. They knew that there was something there that you were handing down to your kids. They just didn't know what it was. So they just thought that God was mad at you. I mean, oh, I mean it kind of makes sense because um, reacting to trauma is something physical. So it's certain things you do when you jump at loud noises or, you know, you avoid certain things. And kids would actually pick up on that as well, like subconsciously. It, but it like changes your DNA. Like it changes the way, like it disables some people. Like it changes like stress levels in your body. It changes how your brain reacts to certain situations, which you pass down to your children. Also, the more the with the mum's got high anxiety or stress while pregnant, the high cortisol level changes the yeah. DNA of the baby, making them either yeah. more anxious or whatever. So it's kind of um, it's kind of cross between a self help and a research book on how you like kind of it's it's about kind of looking at the man behind the curtain and punching him in the face. It's like understand why you're doing these things and understand where it's coming from, and then punch it in the face. <laughs> my advice. I mean. I like those books. Um, yeah, while on that sort of topic, is a book I actually read kind of re- uh, kind of recently um, called Women Don't Owe You Pretty by Florence Given. Ooh. Now, caveat, she's 21 years old, so bear that in mind with some of her advice. Um, she does get a bit, bit um, aggressive about her feelings towards men, let's say. Uh, which I don't necessarily agree with. There's a there's a bit of a oh he said the wrong thing you should dump him, um, which is kind of ugh. oh anyway. The rest of uh, <laughs> the rest of the book is really really good. It's about the deep rootedness of the patriarchy. So it's a feminist book, and uh, it really helped me realize how many choices I make in a day that isn't based on what I actually want to do and it's based on society and so um as I said she's quite young so some of the language in it is a bit uh young uh Gen Z it's a little bit Gen Z um (laughs) and uh but other than that like I, I honestly it was a really really good book as I said there's a few things you need to sort of cross over but it was a it's a really good way of expressing how um inbuilt certain behaviors are um that everyone has and how it's perfectly okay to just not do some of these behaviors like if you don't want to shave your armpits don't shave your armpits always sound advice and that was episode three of the podcast. We hope you all enjoyed listening to us talk about our favourite books and what we would recommend. Please let us know on Instagram and Twitter your uh, book recommendations or just drop them in the comments below. Join us next month for the next episode, which we'll be talking about what TV shows we would recommend we're watching and what are comfort shows. Look forward to having you join us next month. Bye. So this month on the podcast, we are recommending an app called Goodreads. It's along the line of book themed. Goodreads is an app that you can use to track your progress on your books. This is everything from what you would like to read, what you have read and what you're currently reading. Goodreads itself will give you three shelves, which will have each of these titles on it. You can also make shelves of your own. So the shelf that I have is things I would like to try and read again, such as the last book of the Inheritance series. This helps you track what you're currently reading by letting you put in the page number that you're on and the edition that you are reading so that you can see the percentage of the book that you have read. Currently, I'm reading Unhappy Birthday and apparently I have read about 70% of the book. If you are a Kindle user, you can also put the percentage from your Kindle app into Goodreads as well and it will help you track your books. 
Once you've finished your book, you can leave reviews and how many stars you would rate each book as, so other readers can see if they would like to read this book. It also has a discover page to help you decide what you want to read next. So the discover page will recommend books based on what you have previously read and what other people are reading. They're also on the home page, it will tell you the top book for the week in each genre, from everything from poetry to sci-fi and fantasy, all the way back to your romantic novels. This can be quite helpful if you're looking for something new or inspiration of what else you should read. This app is free and there are lots of other book tracking apps out there, but I use Goodreads myself and have found it incredibly helpful over the years. As always, this podcast is not sponsored or app is not gifted because it's free. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast. And you can follow us on Instagram at GothsDoAThing, on Twitter at GothsDo and YouTube's GothsDoAThing. And that was episode three of the podcast. We hope you all enjoyed listening to us talk about our favourite books and what we would recommend. Please let us know on Instagram and Twitter your uh, book recommendations or just drop them in the comments below. Join us next month for the next episode, which we'll be talking about what TV shows we would recommend we're watching and what are comfort shows. Look forward to having you join us next month. Bye.